welcome back to Let's Talk About That. Today we have Yolo Lopez DeMarco. How's it going, Yolo? Hey, it's going really well. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, kids are back in school, so yeah. they're looking forward to a whole new experience, new school, new teachers, new friends. So so what what do you do? What are you into? Hmm, where do I start? Okay, <laughs> let's start with my basics. So um, I am a full-time mama. Um, I love being home with my three girlies, Eliana, Sela, and Alessandra. Um, and then on the side, um, I have a, a small business called Yolovox, and Yolovox provides interpretation, translation, or my um, multimedia that's bilingual, so in English mm -hmm. and Spanish, um, because I started this three years ago because I love to bridge gaps. I'm mm -hmm. someone that loves to see, you know, okay, people are doing great work, but, you know, what are some gaps in the community or mm -hmm. in business that I can help with? And a lot of that is in communication, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So that's what you specialize in is yep. kind of bridging the gaps with communication. Yes. So I have a degree in broadcasting from Goshen College, okay. um, but obviously I took a lot of communication courses, um, not just journalism, And but I've been able to use my communication skills with everything else that I know. And so I said, you know what, there's a lot of people that need assistance with um, translations from English to Spanish mm. because mm. there is a growing Hispanic community in Elkhart County and St. Joseph County. So I started that as a way for me to be able to stay home with my kiddos a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and then as my business has grown, I've hired um, some translators and interpreters um, and I've added more services and soon I might be adding a couple more languages. So Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So, okay, how do you even get to that point? Let's kind of rewind. Let's go backwards a little bit. And um, you, you have an interesting backstory, like, of how you got to this point. Um, how did you get to the point of saying, hey, I want to start this business and there is a need for it? Like, what made you um, understand that? So talk a little bit about, like, kind of... Uh, working up to that point mm -hmm. and how you got to this area that you're in mm -hmm. now. Yeah. So as you said, if we rewind a little bit back, um, I love, I love the career of broadcasting mm -hmm. and journalism. I love news reporting. Um, I do work part-time at WVPE radio. So I do the afternoon newscast there and I love it. It's a short and sweet time um, because giving the news, you know, can be anywhere between two and four minutes every day. Mm -hmm. But the fact that I'm updating individuals in the community about what's happening and I'm doing my best to provide an unbiased report um, and just the facts, I just love it. So there's a lot of work that goes behind that, mm -hmm. right? It's not just jumping on camera and saying, here's what's happening. Correct. Um, and so there's a lot of um, the news, I would, I would think that would be like real time, mm -hmm. right? You would have to, so how do you do that? Yeah. So at the station where I work part-time, we do have some local reporters and they do a phenomenal job at um, getting the stories that are most important during that time. Mm -hmm. And they have to turn it around pretty quickly um, with a voicer and then be able to send that to the rest of us anchors. Um, so then we can, you know, either play the interview that they um, got from the day before or the day of. Um, and then we need to make sure that we stay on top of updates. So if something mm -hmm. has changed, if, you know, a silver alert happened, uh, you know, we need to make sure that before we go and report, for example, that has been updated already. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it's a lot of, you know, staying on top of what's new, uh, what's current, what's happening, um, and trying to really just focus on the facts at all times. So um, for you to get to that point, did you, what prepared you to be able to speak as an anchor? I mean, some people don't just have that skill to, you know, sit up in front of a camera Mm -hmm. and be able to fluently deliver communication like news. So like, is that something that you acquired like in school or like, is that, how did you get that skill? (laughs) Sort of. So, so here's the answer um, to, you know, young adults that are maybe in high school and thinking about, you know, how do I know what career I like? For me, it was my senior year in high school. So I was in the in the in the little broadcasting department that we had, and it was a class that I just took, a journalism class, you know, just to get a feel for it. And obviously, it was very basic. And uh, but when they said, "Hey, Yolo, it's your turn to get on camera and deliver," you know, the high school news for the week, I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay." So I got on, and it just felt like second nature. Mm-hmm. And that's when I said, I asked my teacher, I said, "Hey, is can you like get paid for this?" You know, is this what reporters do? And he said, yep. And I was like, hmm. So even though right there and then I didn't really make up my mind, I wasn't too sure. I started thinking to myself, well, I enjoy hands-on activities. I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy being in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I went to college, I started majoring in psychology oh. and linguistics. And so obviously that's not any of this just yet. But that's a component of it. (laughs) It's a component. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, maybe, you know, as a psychologist or therapist, I can be with people and and I like to help. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I started just realizing, okay, this is maybe not my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I took a course in college uh, with broadcasting. And the minute I started seeing the cameras and the equipment and the microphones, and I love the intensity of some things and the deadlines. Right. I was like, hmm, I can get paid to do this. So you like the energy, <laughs> like you like the momentum from yes. it? yep. And you have to think quick, like you have to be quick on your feet. Right. And be able to pivot and adjust. Right. right. So and those are some major characteristics of a true leader mm. and a business <laughs> owner. Think about yes. that. Think about that. So <laughs> as you look at the buildup with that... Um, so we, we always talk about that communication is one of uh, the most powerful uh, skills to have, period. Mm-hmm. Okay. And usually a lot of issues happen with miscommunication. Mm-hmm. So um, in, it's, it's interesting what you do, especially in the translation space, is you are not just translating uh, verbatim with someone is saying from one language language to the other. Yes, uh, you are changing like the dialects and like mm-hmm. and so. Um, I think that's one of the things that uh, we get mixed up sometimes. Even in English, like some people don't understand what other people are saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. So just period. So, so how did you? Um, because you are bilingual, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in the past we've talked a little bit about that. Can you mm-hmm. touch on that a little bit of like yeah. what that looks like? Yes. Yeah. So uh, growing up bilingual in a bilingual bilingual household, um, I um, moved here from Mexico, from Guadalajara, Jalisco, when I was six with my mom. And uh, one thing that she and my stepdad really stayed on me was, you know, you need to keep your Spanish. 
because when I was in junior high, I was like, oh, I like the English and now I know and I'm fluent and I'm cool. You know, I don't need to know Spanish. What for? Right. But my parents said, hey, it's part of the culture. You just need to know it. And even though they didn't really focus on the component of, you know, do it because you're going to get paid more one day. No, they never said that. They just said, it's going to help you. It's going to help other people. Just stick to it. And so whenever I mixed my English and Spanish or Spanglish. 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 Yeah. Yep. My, my stepdad would be like, no, we don't do that. Oh. And so even though he got on my nerves a lot during that time, um, I've learned it was really good for me mm. because now I do it with my kids. I try not to mix any Spanglish um, just because it does complicate it with the language, especially now that I'm trying to do it professionally. Um, it's just really good to have it separate, English and Spanish. And like you were talking about, when my team translates, when we translate, the first thing I tell them before hiring them is we're not just going to translate. We're not just going to, you know, first of all, don't use Google. Um, Google it's not can, the same, right? No. But everyone's using Google Translate, right? You can just... Yes. So, yes. So if, you, if that's you, that is totally fine. It does... It does help, it's you know, close, for the urgency. Right? Yes. Right. Like use it for that. But if you're going to be translating documents, uh, human right. resource booklets, you know, those kinds of things, marketing materials, don't use Google Translate. So do they lose, it loses, does it lose the context of usually in the yes. translation? So if you're like food, water, you know, mm -hmm. like real simple mm -hmm. yeah. words, it's, it's fine. Maybe a sentence. Yes. Yes. That it's simple. Correct. Um, but when you start getting into a contextual uh, comprehension mm -hmm. of content, right? That's when you kind of just unravels, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it, Google Translate does a phenomenal job, like I said, with the urgency. So if there, right. if you are in a situation where you want to communicate with somebody, first of all, I applaud that right. because it is difficult to kind of put the ego aside. Right. Um, so I do not discourage people from doing that. Um, the only thing is when it comes to translating professional documents. So basically yeah. for business. For business, So yes. for business, yes. it turns into something, into something completely different. Yes. Because even if, let's say, you created a course uh, in English, and you say, hey, I want to move this over to Espanol. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's different layers of mm -hmm. Espanol. Mm -hmm. Okay. So depending on uh, who your audience is, uh, it could vary depending mm -hmm. on who it's for. Mm -hmm. Um, there's different types of, of Spanish or Espanol, right? Correct. Right? Yes. So what is the difference between like Mexican Spanish mm -hmm. and what we would say uh, Spaniard or yes. like? Yes. Okay. Like, so, so I'm <laughs> yes. sorry if, I, no, 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 if you're I'm good. off, just let no, me know. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. So that is a very good question and it's very common mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not, there's no such thing as a wrong question is the first thing I tell my clients is, you know, I'm here to help you understand some of those terms because it is very different. So I lived in Costa Rica and Panama. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously that's Central America and living in those countries for a long period of time, I got to understand their dialect. Oh. And Costa Rica, their word for tomato is different from the Mexican word of tomato. So tomato and tomato, literally, it's it's different. Literally, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I felt even off when I lived in Costa Rica and I went to the grocery store 
and I was looking for a jitomate in Spanish is tomato. Well, the Costa Ricans, the Ticos, they don't call it jitomate. And so they looked at me like, what are you looking for? And I was like, jitomate, you know, the or, the red thing that you cut up. Yeah, like, like, I got. Oh, in, you had to do Yes, that. even with Spanish. Wow. Yes. So it's almost like when people say in English, when someone says a soda or a pop. Yes. Or they're like, what mm-hmm. do you want? Like you mm-hmm. go down south, though, like you want a, a pop. Yes. What is that? Yes. What's a pop? It's exactly. a soda. Exactly. Okay. So yes. it's similar. So like similar, that, right? similar. But I think. You know, I I'm I don't know the reason why uh, Latin American countries are even much more diverse in the dialects. Um, another example in Mexico for a straw, we'll say popote, and in Central America, at least in Costa Rica, they were saying uh, parrilla. And so when they said, "Would you like a parrilla?" and I was like, a "What? Excuse me?" <laughs> yeah, and so they were like, "A parrilla." And I was like, I'm really sorry. In Spanish, I'm saying, mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. I don't know what that is. Right. And then she would take it out. The waitress. This. this. I was like, <laughs> oh, popote. And she yeah. was like, what? And so then, you know, that started a conversation about, okay, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Mexico. But, you know, and it was fun. Yeah. But that is the kind of work, art, that I try to help my clients with. Mm. It's, you know, who's the audience we're targeting, Um or if you're trying to translate a billboard, you know, let's not just translate it directly. You know, we want to think about the context. We want yes. to think about the timing, um, the cultural aspects. Yes. There's really fun ways to say, you know, like, for example, you know, in Spanish, you could, in English, I don't know how popular this is. What do you think? If I were to say, Art, you can fill up your tank for $1 at McDonald's. So, oh, now, now that is a twist. So what do you mean? Fill up my gas tank? Exactly. Food. I know fuel, energy. What does that mean? How do you translate that? So, yeah. So in English, you're probably kind of like, you know, what do you mean? Maybe. Right. Right. And depending on the person, they may not really even understand what you're saying. Exactly. But in Spanish, if I say to a, a friend or a cousin, hey, let's go fill up the tank, you know, at McDonald's. You really get confused. it. Oh, you get be, yeah. that it's food. Like, let's right. go fill up our, our bellies right. with food. There's no questions asked. Right. It's pretty clear and concise. Yes. What the intention is behind yes. whatever you're, you're... That's interesting. So, okay. So if you... Sorry. I'm really <laughs> I'm really diving into this because I'm learning too, which is great because I love doing this. <laughs> um, love that you're here. This really helps me grow too. Okay. Good. So is, okay. So if you were in school, like some of... Uh, whether you're taking Espanol in, in, in high school or college, um, they're usually learning more like the, the Spain, Spaniard mm-hmm. uh, Espanol. Yep. Mm-hmm. So even if you say, okay, well, yeah, they'll say, yes, I know Spanish. Mm-hmm. They may have an issue communicating still um, because even if you don't know all the dialects and the differences – in between who you're actually engaging with and who your audience is, they're still going to have issues. That's why a lot of students will study abroad, right? Mm -hmm. And then they'll go into different countries to actually um, kind of break their whole knowledge base. So school, you you learn, Mm -hmm. but then you apply it when you're in the real world to actually uh, say, how can I actually 
use this functionally, you know, functionally mm-hmm. use this in the real world. So, and one of the things that you and I have talked about too, is like, okay, we're bridging the gaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that comes down into not just communication, but marketing, advertising, right? Cause you're actually in advertising as well, yes. which you haven't exposed that yet, <laughs> but like all of that is really clear and concise when you're trying to deliver a message to different audiences. Yes. So when it comes down to, let's talk about like the, um, the Hispanic community or Latino community mm-hmm. and the American community, like how there's a gap there. Mm-hmm. And some of the differences, uh, comes back to this, uh, communication thing we're talking yes. about right now. Yes. And um, I've, we talked a little bit about anxieties mm-hmm. on both sides of the fence. So let's let's talk about the obstacles there. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you've seen in that space between what's acceptable and what's not mm-hmm. between cultures? Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, that's a great question again, Art, because it it's a popular question and it is good to know, you know, for whenever somebody tries to do networking or business with a Hispanic business, it is important to consider those things. So number one, I would say is the language is, you know, oftentimes, not always, is a barrier. Um, a lot of the times I think people, Hispanics, especially in Elkhart, Elkhart County, um, they know how to speak English, mm-hmm. but the fluency when it comes to business terms or, you know, trying to create something further, um, more thorough. Like deals. Deals, partnerships. Level. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. It might get a little bit tricky there with uh-huh. the language vocab. Um, but if it's not the vocab, a lot of the times it's the culture. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they don't want to open up. So it's not that the Hispanic community does not want to open up and do things the way that the American culture does, you know, business culture. It's that they oftentimes don't know. Mm -hmm. um, And they're afraid to kind of figure it out or ask because they don't, you know, nobody wants to be in that position where... Looking like, I don't know. Exactly. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, you don't know, you don't understand because you, the last thing I think everybody wants to do is not offend people. Right. Right. And so I think that's the biggest um, barrier, you could say. It's cultural. More than the Spanish. Mm -hmm. It's cultural. Um, so one of the ways that people can help each other is, you know, by just opening up more. Maybe I'd like to talk about the universal, you know, sign, which is a smile. Um, once people from both ends can see that there is a genuine openness and willing to learn. In a safe zone. In a safe zone, right, right, right. Then maybe the Hispanic person can open up and say, I'm sorry, I don't understand what that word means. Mm. Or what do you mean by a partnership? Or what do you mean by this deal? Um, but then, uh, you know, a lot of the times it's also just experience. I think the more people live here in the U.S., they see the way work is done. Mm-hmm. They... They're observing, they're watching, they're asking. Um, and would you believe that in a lots of cultures, we operate in the safe zones, like where we feel comfortable? Yes. So, you know, we want mm-hmm. to just say, hey, I only want to uh, approach what I know mm-hmm. and it's safe. And usually that is a bottleneck yeah. to a certain degree in some spaces mm-hmm. where there are endless possibilities, right? Yes. So like, so that's why, you know, we were talking before and I mentioned it's interesting that, you know, I purposely go into other Latino businesses sometimes, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable Yeah. and my <laughs> Spanish is 
crap. It is horrible. <laughs> I just smile and blink a lot. And like, usually yeah. I'm safe if I, if it's like a grocery store. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Tacos, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Asada, yes. yes. I know that. I know I'm going to win. Uh-huh. And that's safe. So I can go in and actually, it, like, you can walk into any of the Latino businesses. They're not going to treat you like you're less than. Mm-hmm. Now, they may be a little bit shocked because they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. What are mm-hmm. you going to do here? Like, because yeah. it may not be normal. Yes. But you, you just blink and smile. Yes. And, you know, you're hungry. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, you know, there's there's things you can do to, like, actually experience new things. And I think that's what's interesting on in going across cultures is mm-hmm. to be able to experience each other mm-hmm. and see how uh, you either do business or how you provide new experiences mm-hmm. with each other. And that's like what we were discussing before, like what would a per- what would a perfect world be if businesses, uh, regardless of cultures, could bridge the gap between each other? Yes. Well, that's you know I'm glad you brought that up because that has been my mission since I guess I graduated college. Wow. Is like- <laughs> I just I I want harmony. I want growth for everybody. You know, but if I'm very connected to my Hispanic community, why not help my Hispanic community? Right. If I'm connected to, you know, the American community, why not also help them? Right. And so don't get me wrong. I also tell my Hispanic community, hey, it's on you. The, the, the ball's on your court to right. make the step as well to right. go and venture into the American, you know, English speaking, speaking community as well. It's not they can't just come to us. Right. You know, so I put it on both sides. Right. It's that's important. You need to get out, step out of the comfort zone, go and network. I'm making it possible, you know, with with the help of partners and sponsors um, for I'm building the bridge, but you need to walk on it and right. you need to go across. Right. I can't hold your hand forever. Well, it's it's scary. Yeah, that's, that's, it is. It's scary. So part of it, as uh, I look at it as us being business leaders, right, we have to uh, kind of walk ahead a little bit and say, mm-hmm. hey, we've already explored this space and it's okay. You mm-hmm. can walk a little bit across the bridge and uh, let's go to another town. Mm-hmm. Let's just visit here. Exactly. And hey, I've already checked it out. It's safe. And this is how uh, you can communicate. There's someone there that can help you. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of the things that I've, I've just been really admired by some of the things that you're working on right now, uh, you created a Latino business expo. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that is, do you? Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so coming up next week is the Latino Business Expo. Yes. You started that. I did. I did. Yeah. Um, so uh, to give a little bit of history, so the Latino Business Expo started when I was working at a not-for-profit called Center for Healing and Hope, um, and which provides healthcare services to the uninsured. I loved that job. It, I was so passionate um, I did development work, and um, so I really enjoyed talking to donors and um, also helping with patients, um, you know, doing patient check-ins. And that's where I started seeing that my passion was truly to help bridge gaps between different cultures. So it's your philanthropy, like you're giving back and wanting to explore and help people, Yes, right? yes. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, through the Center for Healing and Hope, it was really exciting to be able to come up with an idea of, hey, let's connect the Latino business community 
um, through the center um, so that they can also network and support each other. Because I was telling, when I was there, I was seeing that the Hispanic business community did not really talk to each other very much. Mm. There was just a lot of competition and it really? was, yeah, it's, it's, it's a cultural thing. And so I said, you know, I know it's cultural, but can we ease it up a little? Can we help? Can we just do Work something together, to a little bring bit them closer. together? Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's when we started doing that. And then the fund started going to the Center for Healing and Hope through the event. And then COVID hit and there was no plans that I had heard from um, about the center wanting to do it again. And so my people were saying, hey, we really need you know, an expo, a business expo. So you're, the Latino community was asking for this, right? Yes. The business hopes. I was getting texts at, you know, post COVID and they were saying, Hey, I need help. Can I you connect this. me? I need an event. I need something. Um, are you doing this? And I said, well, okay. I said, well, um, I wasn't planning on it, but I see that there's a need for it. Right. And so I talked to my husband. I said, Hey, I'm going to do my own Latino business expo. It, it needs to keep happening. Was, what was his it. reaction to that? Um, uh, yeah, he was, he was nervous because event planning is it's very a lot. intense. It's, it's a lot of work. It's right? a lot. Yeah. And knowing that I was just going to be myself doing it with, you know, the help of a couple of other people, he was like, okay, all right. It's going to be kind of an awful week leading up to this expo. You said, you better believe it, buddy. Yeah. I said, I said, I promise I will survive. It'll yeah. be fine. And he's like, okay, I support you. Yeah. Um, and you know, this, this, going to be the second time I do this on my own with the help of sponsors that are supporting the initiative that know that it's not just an expo. It's what we're talking about. Yes, it's, it's bridging yeah. the gap and it's it building that bridge so that they can walk over to the other side more easier. And then the other side can also walk. So what's, what's key about this, it's not just all Latino, right? Correct. It's a business expo. Yes. But it's for the Latino community to come over to see what is available yes. in their community, in their local, in their local community, not just cultural community. Yes. Right? So you have mixed sponsors that are American sponsors, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they equally are passionate about connecting to as a local all of the cultures, the whole community, yes, and working with each other. So um, I know it's like really busy, and I know because we'll be there too. But <laughs> there's going to be a lot of different topics that you guys are going to be focused on and discussing there. Um, what is um, what? Why is it important? Why is it important for the Latino community? to go to expos like this? What do they get? Yes. So interestingly enough, it has been a really fun adventure um, helping them understand the importance of it. Um, when I first started this, they had no idea what a business expo was. They said, what is it? And so even today, I still get people saying, what do you mean I set up a table? And they don't understand that I'm some of them, they don't understand that I'm trying to bring them to a more professional field because I want to see them grow. And networking. And right? networking. Yes. Right. There's nothing wrong with pop-ups or with, a, you know, right. participating in those kind of fun, more fun events. Um, but I want them to see another scheme, another opportunity 
um, where our partners, the local chambers of commerce are there to assist right. and they're there to provide the resources that I don't have. Yes. And as I've said to them, you know, I love their partnership because my goal is to be able to continue working together. I do not intend to ever be some sort of chamber, Hispanic chamber. I want to just lay the foundation to provide a safe space for both cultures, for anybody that wants right. to be there. We don't turn away, you know, anybody that's non-Hispanic. Actually, I say, yes, please, like, come have a booth. Um, so the key answer there is, you know, it's called Latino because it's building the safe zone. Right. The comfort saying this is for me. I'm a. I'm, it's okay for me to come. Yes. Right? Yes. Right. It's okay for exactly. me to be here. Right. So it's it's saying it's okay for me to be here. Yeah. They're there to support me as a Hispanic entrepreneur, business owner in the United States. But that doesn't mean that we turn away people that are non-Hispanic. Right. And so um, that has been one of the most challenging aspects about this event is. That I want to tell them, no, you are invited. We want you there. Right. So. Well, and that's part of how you and I start talking a little Mm -hmm. bit too. And, you know, really looking at uh, this expo creates some synergies, you know, across uh, from Latino businesses to American businesses. They, Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's gaps just because their businesses, it's beyond business, it's communities, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, there may be even the Latino community wanted to plug into a specific type of American service. And how do you actually create that, uh, the, the gateway to get across into that? Cause I know yes. there's a lot a, of American uh, businesses out there, uh, including ourselves where we do software and marketing. So, you know, there's some areas where we have to connect into a whole different, uh, community that actually like can get value from what we provide. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other businesses out there that are in that same space, mm-hmm. which creates uh, something unique for Yellowbox, mm-hmm. right? So um, one of the things is that translation or not just translation. I want to make sure uh, we kind of put some clarity around this, not just translation. This is the bridge of communication. Mm-hmm. It's not just I word like for that. word. Yes. <laughs> You're bridging communication yeah. to another level. So um, when you are using a, say if it's a software platform and it's in English, uh, it may be, the whole experience may be completely different, mm-hmm. you know, and yes. with a Latino user yes. because they are filling up their tank Correct. in a different way. Correct. Right? Yeah. So all the communication on how you function through processes even may have to be rewritten. Yes. So And a good example yeah. of that are would be for you know, for example, like a newsletter. Yes. A lot of times, um, yes, you know, someone on staff can translate if they're bilingual, they'll translate it. But where we come in and help is, okay, the cover of the newsletter has, you know, something that's attractive for the English speaking audience. Yes. However, if you change the order of the newsletter, if you're trying to get the attention of the Hispanic audience, 
It needs to be something different. So what's in the newsletter that would be more attractive first to the Hispanic audience? Then you just switch the order of the newsletter. Right. Or um, connectivity. Or, content. or graphics. Like yes. photos. Correct. Like it's the connect to, you want to connect to whoever the audience reading it is. So it right. may be you have two separate newsletters that connect with a whole different story or different context mm -hmm. of whatever's inside of the newsletter. Yep. Right. So you're, you're really going in as more of a consult too. Like yes. you're a consultant that you could say, Hey, I am a bridge out, out extending your company to connect to your Latino audience. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit bigger. I know I'm trying to make yeah. it way bigger than because yeah. what you do, I wanted to convey, it's not just translation yes. services. It's way bigger than that, yeah. which I didn't understand until, you know, we talked a little bit and mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, this is really, really big. Mm -hmm. And a lot of American businesses really need this mm -hmm. type of service because it's where they're lacking. Yeah. They're failing at it. And you cannot uh, eliminate a whole culture, especially in Elkhart County. Right. I mean. Which leads me to my second point. Yeah. You know, some businesses are probably kind of like, eh. I don't know that I want to translate stuff into Spanish because what about the other idioms, the other languages? So there is that concern and I totally get it, right. but we have data, you know, from the U.S. Census stating, I've looked it up in Elkhart County, the second most popular, you know, background of people is Hispanics. It's, and it's growing and it's only going to keep growing. So right. what I like to tell people is, you know, it's better to get on the bandwagon now so then you're not rushed, For you know, to translate right. when there are more people. And because that's, unfortunately, you know, it's not going to stop. Right. Um, but Spanish is the second biggest spoken language in the United States. And specifically Elkhart County, St. Joseph County, it's popular. And kind of in the world. Yes. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. as we look at it, um, especially for certain businesses that even are global and you're not translating um, your your message for mm -hmm. your vision, your message to uh, a uh, to different cultures where they can understand what uh, where your values are, it may be something as small as that. Like just making sure that you can reach a, a larger populace, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's where we always look at like visibility, yeah. you know, and even for Latino businesses out there, hey, you still need to be visible. Yeah, you're visible within your community, but yes. like, are you visible in your community? Yes. Right? So, yes. and what I mean by that is the whole community, not yep. just your cultural silo. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, you know, yeah. for some companies, it might make sense. Like my product is specifically for, you know, certain audience yeah. because, you know, you can tell who's purchasing it more and whatnot or what services. Um, so I guess a few handful might fall into that. But the rest, you know, I think everybody has potential to grow their clientele. So what type of like customer uh, or client, I should say, would be best equipped for your services? Because I mean, you're working with them now just to get the listeners out there, if they're even if they have their own business, like what type of services are you providing for those type of companies? Yeah. So we work a lot with um, HR staff okay. from different companies um, that need their booklets translated from the English to Spanish. Um, we work with a lot of marketing agencies as well. So not just like you're saying, translating, but also I'm sitting down with them having consultation sessions about, you know, is this the right time to 
put that billboard? Wow. Is it the right time to, you know, think about that event? Just because you're doing an event that is for the broader community doesn't mean it's going to work necessarily, you know, right. and also like what outlets of advertising are you using for the Hispanic community? You know, can and we where are revisit? They looking? Yeah. Right. Like, right? where are they? You yeah. know, are they more on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Right. Are they on WhatsApp? Or, wink, wink. What's up? <laughs> yes. Or, yes. Shh, that's secret. Yes, I know. Yeah, you have to pay yeah. me to, you have you know. to pay for that. <laughs> you have to, no yeah, more. We'll, we'll tell you more about that <laughs> later. Maybe, maybe she's kidding. But, like, there's there's um, also, sometimes we look at online, but also offline. Yes. Like that's equally important, especially in marketing, mm-hmm. advertising, like you mentioned, a billboard, but sometimes it's at a grocery store. Yes. Or a salon. Yes. Or like where people are actually getting the most traffic. Yes. And what does that communication look like? It may be different from digital, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's that's really critical to have someone that can be your liaison that person that can actually uh, plug you into uh, the radar of what's happening yeah. in a in different segments. And things, right? you know, things change pretty rapidly as well within the Hispanic community. So, you know, it's my job not only to just because I'm Hispanic doesn't mean I know it all. Right. You know, it's my job to make sure I stay submerged within my community. You know, hearing what the hearing what's happening. Yeah. What are the concerns? You right. know, what are they not liking? What are the issues? Um, I listen to some of that and I bring the feedback. Mm. So it's my job to be up to date on that kind of stuff too. That's super powerful. It's my reporting hat on as well. That's helping my business. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) You're pretty awesome. I tell you that. That's really cool. Can't. Well, well, let's. Uh, we're wrapping it up for to say we we probably could talk for like oh, yeah. days, yeah, days, right? You guys and, don't want to be here forever. Yeah, there's so. there's more to come from this for <laughs> sure. So uh, next week uh, we're going to be at the Business Expo. Can you give us a little bit of information? Hey, if they need your services, how would we get them? Yep. So the best way to contact me is go to my website, or you can just email me at ydemarco at yolovox.com. I respond uh, pretty quickly. I try to at the very least. Um, But if you just need a quick quote, you know, no compromise. I mean, just send me the document and we can give you a word count. Um, Depending what it is, uh, we usually respond to those quotes pretty quickly. And then if you say you're good to go, then we get it back to you within 24 hours or maybe three days at most. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you all for watching and listening. Love it. See you next episode.